Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. It's always a joy to come here. A lot of... Well, just a lot for me. Yeah, a lot of good things. And I've regretted that, as I said, I don't want to blame my son, but uh, it's kind of hard to come and fight him. And so dad does, takes the easy route. Okay, you're taking him to church and he's that. Yeah. So I think in, about you folk and um, pray that you're blessed and today I want to move go to a scripture that is probably not read too often but one that gives to us um, what it's like to walk in a real practical way okay and so um, Let's go to Titus, if you have your Bibles. Yeah. Comes after 2 Timothy, I have to remind myself where, where it's at. Right before Hebrews, or shortly before Hebrews, I think. Right? Philemon's before Hebrews and then Titus. Um, right after second Timothy. There you go. And I'll be reading when I. And and I'll be reading out of the New American Standard. I don't know what. Well, of course, know what you all have, but it's it'll be pretty close. Um, Paul is the apostle to the church and he's writing to us okay but he's sending it to Titus and Titus is a man who served Paul and he was a kind of a um, information guy that not only went with Paul on missionary journeys but he also just took information and, and encouraged churches, told them what Paul said, how things were to be. They were just setting up churches back in those times. And people were coming to the Lord and, and finding life in him. And then how do we put this all together? And Paul, I, I can't imagine the kind of responsibility he had. I have just a few kids. Uh, you have same thing, but he had all these kids. And it was a pretty remarkable thing that he, he did. Titus was some of the glue of the ministry that Paul had. And so I, I wanna um, 
read, first of all, the first 11 verses. And then I'd like, and when I read it, if you could, there's no right or wrong answers. What I'd like you to do is see if something pops out to you, just speaks to your heart, okay? So, beginning with verse 1. going to have to do this. <laughs> Sorry. I've got, I got a bad hook here and it doesn't stay on my face very good, so I, wasn't, I was hoping I didn't need to use it. But I do. Okay. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, not enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible, in all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified. Sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, in order that the opponent may put, be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Verse 9, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters, in everything to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. Okay, that's through verse 10. Was there... It was different? Okay. Okay. I should have just had you read it to yourself out of your own. Out of your own. Yeah. That, and that's a great idea. And I, I try to do that after meetings to, to go over. Um, was there something there that spoke out to you? Maybe something that You know how that's, that's what I you know how unusual in that day to show that kind of respect to women it was women were pretty low on the chain in all cultures in that day, and so the church, the things of Christ 
have always been a lifter for every level. Thank you, Sandy. I appreciate you sharing that. Is there any, any other thought that you had when you read that? I certainly notice that the fact that you have here as designated the different levels of life and how it is important in, in the church to look to those different levels of life and, and to, to be glad and thankful and to um, have those levels being fed so they can do the things that they're supposed to do. But I, I've, I've so appreciated Paul starting out with the older men and the older women. And that's, that's always been the way of the church. Faithful men, faithful women who have lived their lives, who experienced families, uh, or just who have experienced life, are are people who are ready to be able to help and instruct and aid uh, to bless on a day-to-day -day basis the others in the church, okay? And, and that's what God wants us to be. And, and of course, in the middle of all this is the thing of family, you know, and how, how important family is. Um, to God. So that's uh, the first thing um, that I really wanted to say. Um, but then he goes to verse 11 and 12 and 13. And I want to read those because that's the center of what I'd like to share today. Okay? But I just want to say the center of this is coming up, but this other part is so important to the setting of this next part. So here we go. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to love sensibly to love, or excuse me, to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll just finish it here. For who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. When I looked at this scripture, I see, taken in the whole of this chapter, I see how important it is to live everyday life. And Paul, I'm, I'm just guessing this, I, I, I 
kind of drawn this from other places in what Paul writes. He was writing this probably because people were wondering, okay, now I've been saved. I've come to know Jesus. I've received the grace of God. Now what? How do I live? How do I live? And so um, Paul addresses that by saying three things. One past, one present, one future. But all apply. They're what we call in the Greek the perfect tense. They all they are all happening at the all the time, but um, they have a, a particular starting point that's different. And so Paul says in verse eleven, "For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men." The first thing he says to them: Remember the grace that brought you here. Remember that it was only through grace that you received salvation. Remember where you started. Always hold on to that. Count that, be thankful for that every day. I go, and I'll just, you don't need to turn there, but Ephesians 2 speaks, it's the grace chapter. And it's Paul speaking. And he starts out by giving to us our position. We, it says, were what? Dead in trespasses and sins in which we formerly walked. Okay? Before we came to Christ, we were dead. We had no hope. Okay? That was our position. Now to 2.4 of Ephesians. What happened? What happened was God, it says. But God. We had no hope. But God. Who is, it says, rich in mercy with the great love wherewith he loved us. What was God's motivation? What was God's motivation? He loved. He loved. And it says here, well, we know that we used to sing a song here in this church a long, long time ago. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth of every mine. He owns the riches and the rocks and rails. The suns and sun and stars that shine, and so on and so on. Meaning God is rich. God's rich, all these things are his, but he's also rich in another thing it says here, which always spurs my heart. It said he's rich in mercy. Motivation, love, which pours out mercy. That's part of grace. That's part of grace. And then... It says, moving on to Ephesians 2, 8, 9 about grace. It says, by grace and grace alone you've been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, not of any works of my own. 
I have nothing to bring to God that make him to look upon me with favor. But it was his mercy and his love. And it's by faith I come to him. Um, there's nothing I could do to gain it. All my works were useless. And God says here, quite frankly, I, I know this is real basic stuff, but he says here, quite frankly, um, I won't share my glory with anybody else. It's, it's, it's all his. And that's great, because I don't want it to be on my back. You know, I don't want it to be on my back. Okay, so what else does he say here? He says that salvation has come through grace. And that's the beginning point. And he says it's available to all men. And as most of us know, that wasn't always the case before Jesus came. I mean, God was available to all men, but the Jewish people were the ones who were given the responsibility of pushing the God out to the world and, and bringing them to him. And when Jesus came, that was the fulfillment of that. That was the fulfillment of that. And so um, it became available to all men, Gentiles, Jews, whoever. And it's the plan he had before the foundation of the world. Um, God's, it's God's will that everybody be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. It's God's will. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those are the great words of, of promise to all. So, what he's telling us here, you have come into a new world, Christian. Paul's telling them here to tell, for Titus to tell them. You've come to a new world. And that new world is something that the world doesn't understand. It's the kingdom of God. You are now in the kingdom of God. Um, and how did, how did we get there? It was through repentance and faith. And it was through baptism. And then it's moved on through the empowering that the Holy Spirit gives to live daily life. Now, I just want to say a quick word. Um, it's so important if, if you know Christ Jesus and you haven't been baptized, be baptized. Be baptized. The Lord commands it. It's a grace all its own. I, I remember, you know, uh, being baptized and it was like a ceiling take, took place. And, and I think in the last 20, 30, 40 years, maybe, 
there's been a less of an emphasis on that. Um, we just say, well, come to the Lord and, and follow him. Make him Lord. Well, part of making him Lord is doing what he says. And he says, be baptized. Be baptized. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, one of the, it's a liberating thing. It's a liberating thing. I just encourage you today. Okay, so he says about grace, and I'll finish this part, section, this verse right now. He says, what to do with it? He says, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow. That's Peter saying that. He says, so we don't stop. We're not at the end. We're at the start. Just like we just had these graduations. And we call graduation what? I didn't figure this out for a long time in life. We call it commencement, right? Commencement means not end, but it means start, right? I'm starting out. You know, I, I, appreciate, I think about that once in a while, about life in general. You know, even though I've grown up into the elder years, I, I think of, you know, there's, there's still commencement in my life every day. You know, I'm, I'm seeing new things. I'm learning new things. John teaches me new things all the time. Mary, too. Um, so grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he says... Um, in Hebrews 4.16, we can have this confident that, and I'm sure all of you know this verse, let us draw near to what? The throne of grace that we may find mercy. Remember that mercy word again. We're, he's not done with us on mercy. His mercy's more for us now. Mercy for us and grace to help in the time of need. He keeps adding grace on to those who seek him. He keeps adding grace on, adding grace on. Okay, so that's the first thing. That's the thing of the past, but it's a thing that continues. And I, might, I must add one more thing in that. Um, it is so important to become... Uh, receive the Holy Spirit and to allow have him moving in your life the 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 the, the things of God started really happening in my life when the Holy Spirit I, I had him come in and and God powerfully used him in my life um, so the second thing, second verse, is verse 12. All of this, the, the salvation that we got, instructs us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires. Okay? So there's, there is a denial involved. 
we've been transferred out of the world that's full of these things. Sad to say, we see it terribly all around. And I, uh, it was yesterday, I, you undoubtedly have these news apps on your phone. I, I got it, I didn't know why. I didn't put it there. I don't know. But they have this, I mean, CNN and Fox have this procli natural proclivity to put all these movie stars and rock stars and when they, they have problems and when they die and all that. And I'm, I, I want to be respectful of them in saying this, but i really not that interested in reading all that and getting all that. But one caught my eye yesterday that I just thought I'd, I'd read about. And it, it was just like the others that over time I'd picked up on. Just so sad, their lives. Who were so caught in this world who could not, because they didn't have the power of God in them, could not deny ungodliness. Could not deny worldly desires. And they got into trap. The lady yesterday had lupus. She was a drug addict. She was an alcoholic. And she was depressed. And so what did she do? She celebrated the end of her life with her mate by having him sing. And she took a, probably a lethal drug and killed herself. And that celebrated. She was noble. And that her significant other said to her, or said to the media, said, she went out on her own terms. Oh, my. I don't want my kids reading that stuff or knowing that stuff. She didn't go out on her own terms. She was a slave. And I say that with kindness of heart toward that family who is so lost. But we have escaped that. We have moved out of that world, you know. And, and I'm, I'm very thankful for the family and home I grew up in, the church I grew up in, which I knew what a lot of that was from my youngest days, you know. Uh, and you, I'm sure you did too. Um, but he, he said, deny those things. Just a very practical thing. Deny the ungodly things, you know. Satan brings an evil thought to your head about something, you can kick it out because it's not of God. I don't want it there. And he said, then he says, switches to the positive. He says, live sensibly. Live righteously and godly in this present age. You know, your testimony to the world about you when you live that way. We don't go with the latest fad and get caught up with all the desires of the world. And it's, it's, a, and it's a relief, it's a, it's a burden off your back because you don't have to do all that stuff. Um, God is pleased with that. And so what he's saying here is be transformed. Now there are things that we had
before we came to Christ and things that are just naturally there because of the fallen nature of man that we want to get out. And I tell you, I'm 66 years old, but I'm still getting things out. I'm seeing things that I, I want, to, want to get out. And I'm glad for that because it, it takes burden off. It takes burden off. I'm going to quit there on that. Other than, let, let, let's read one verse. It's an encouraging verse. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. Um, Paul writes this again. He's writing this to the Corinthians. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. I'm being changed. I'm becoming more like God. I want to become more. I want to please God. Okay. Um, all right. To the last one. And this. About 20. Over 20 years ago. I, when I was teaching at St. Paul's. I, we, I had to do devotions most mornings. To my class. With the class. And this particular three verses. Jumped out. And so I use those three verses. So uh, the whole, the genesis for me to using this today goes back to then, uh, a long time ago. But this last verse in um, Titus is Titus 3.13. Talks about the blessed hope, the future. Past, present, the future. The lady I just talked to you about, the sad movie star, moved on, was moving on in life without hope. There was, there was not hope there. Paul describes this um, as for us. He conveys this onto us. You have a blessed hope. This is not the end. You don't know. We don't realize how many people have gone out of this life thinking this was the end. Or not sure where they were going. Even the great Winston Churchill startled his doctor, who was a Christian, when he told him that he just thought, this is what Churchill thought when he would happen when he died. He would just go out into a velvety sleep and would exist in that sleep forever. Ooh. And what a joy to read, a, read an obituary in the paper and find hope in it. Not of the things that person did in his life. And, and I'm not saying anything about sharing some things a person did in his life but someone who shared the hope that he had.
is so encouraging to see. I'm, I'm sure you have all done that, have seen that. I, I know Don Oberfeld passed away in February. And I remember, you know, I think it was Romans 4, 6. He gave his testimony in his obituary, you know, of, of what God had done for him. And, and, what a, and what a great thing God had done for Don. You know, what a great thing he'd done for all of us. We all start at the same place. We're common dust. But it's, it's the blessed hope. It's the fact that I'm an alien here. I don't want to make a building here. I make my building so it's transferred to heaven. There's a thought I had, it's just a visual about this, that the blessed hope is I'm, I'm living this life that we just read here about denying this, denying ungodliness, denying worldly desires, um, living righteously, sensibly, purely. But as I'm doing that, I always my vantage point is upward. Is there's this tilt of my head across the horizon that knows that Jesus is coming back and I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. And I have a, I have a friend who I've been, been a friend with a long time and we talk every once in a while. And it, it, it's hardly time that our talk goes by, our 20 minutes, and he won't say to me, and he's my age, he said, I can't wait. I can't wait till Jesus comes back. I'm looking forward to it. And all of us knew who Bob McCray was. And maybe I've shared this before, but Hazel told me this herself. He was, as you, uh, had had heart problems and he came up, he was around 71, 72, and it was congestive and he was in the hospital and the doctor came and told him, you're not going to live long. That heart is not gonna go on much further. And so his pastor in a day or so, or maybe even yet that day, came into his room and said, Bob, you've heard what you know, the doctor said. Uh, how, basically, how do you respond to that? And I'm sure that pastor was thinking something different that Bob was going to say that he said. But this is what he said. He said, Pastor, my whole life I've been waiting for this moment. I have been waiting to go to be with the Lord. And I'm ready. I'm ready. And it was a day or two and he died. What a testimony. You know, looking on looking past, tilted upward, past the horizon. Well, 
Let's close right there. Lord, we bless you. We thank you for your great love for us. It says in that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And you brought life, abundant life. And grace, I just pray grace today upon Ruth and Ralph and all of Sandy and Jim's families. And all their families, Lord. Just grace and mercy today. And pray that as we look at days that ahead are challenging, they are not days that we are to be sad or develop the insecurity and the fear that the world has. We want to be a light for the world around. Who is fearful, who has, who struggles with so many things. So even in our challenges, Lord, we pray that your light would continue to shine in our hearts and in whatever comes, may we be content, may we persevere, may we stand firm in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless Pastor and his wife as they return today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.